Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And this week, we're going to be talking about the giant water bug. But first, if you're doing your holiday shopping and want to support a podcast while you're at it, please consider checking out our merch store. We've got animal stickers and postcards. And we're doing a special deal until December 25th, where you can get all five of our sticker designs plus all five of our postcards for just $22 Canadian. But also, if you're not from Canada, please still order. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just Canadians that can buy from our store. Anyone can. Yes. And the website is beyondblathers.square.site if you want to check it out. Also, if you're feeling generous, we also have a button on the site where you can leave a donation. And this would mean the world to us as we're currently trying to make sure we have the equipment we need to keep the podcast going. So even a few dollars would be amazing, like three bucks, cup of coffee, anything like that. We really appreciate it. So yeah, if you're in the giving mood this holiday season, or of course, if you want some nice gifts for your friends from a small business and, you know, don't want to go into the scary shops right now, this is an option. Yeah, 100%. And Olivia's art is so beautiful. I think these are really just like the nicest, like little art prints, postcards to send to your friends, little stickers to put on your laptop, water bottles. So yeah, but we'll stop plugging the store now. (laughs) (laughs) On to the bug. (laughs) Yeah. So if you bring a giant water bug to Blathers, he'll say, how to put this gently? Ah, yes. Beware the giant water bug. I tell you, this vicious predator has been known to attack fish, bugs, frogs, and even snakes. Snakes! Truth be told, no one is safe. Its nickname is the Toe Biter, for goodness sakes. Now, one final fact before I faint. The gruesome bug uses its nose to inject its prey with digestive juices. (laughs) Okay, well, again, Blathers, like, took a lot of my facts, but that's fine. (laughs) And he delivered them in such a dramatic way. And I really missed Blathers, like, bug rants. Like, we haven't had one in a mm-hmm. while because we've been doing, like, fish and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, some, some proper disgust right there. I mean, this is a species whose name is the Toe Biter. That's, I mean, <laughs> like, they have some really good common names. So some of the other ones are um, electric light bugs, alligator tick or flea. So, Sophia, what, what would you say this bug might look like from those very eclectic descriptions? Yeah, I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> do they light up? I'm assuming that they're, like, they light up, but they're also, like, look like a flea, but they're big and have teeth i don't know (laughs) i like it a glowing (laughs) um vampire toothed flea well okay i mean that's fair these are weird names for them they don't look like that at all but i think that's a these are just the best names just to preface the electric light bugs name they're called that i think because they often seem to be attracted to light Although, uh, we'll talk a bit more about this later, it might not necessarily be that they're attracted to the light so much as they get really confused about it. But yeah, so that's why they have that name. But as far as the alligator tick or flea thing is, I think it's mostly because they're really big bugs. In general, the way they look is they've got this flat oval body and flat long legs. And they're kind of a brownie beige color or kind of brownie black maybe, kind of a dull color, but really amazing long claws in the front 
And as their name suggests, they spend most of their time in the water. They are giant water bugs, but they can't actually breathe underwater. So they have this sort of built-in snorkel in their butts. And that's not a very (laughs) scientific way of putting it, but that's what I'm going to call it because that's what it looks like. And so what they have is this like, it's kind of like a tube, like a snorkel shaped appendage, and they'll stick their butts up while they're in the water. And that tube will like poke out of the surface and transfer air to these little bubbles under their wings. And the oxygen from the air bubbles is transferred to holes called spiracles in their skin. And that goes into their body so that they can breathe properly. So that's kind of a fun fact about their breathing behavior. (laughs) Now, giant water bugs also have wings, so they can swim and they can also fly. Although there are some species of giant water bug that can't really fly. But those that do really only fly at night, so you're probably not going to see these giant things flying around everywhere. And often they're found in kind of weird places, like people will see them crossing roads or along sidewalks, and usually this happens when they're migrating to find new water bodies. So they aren't always in the water. And as I was mentioning before with the electric light bug's name, they're often following light sources. So back in the day, this was usually stars and the moon, and they're actually going to be usually out flying more during a full moon than a regular night because of that light. But now that there's so much artificial light, they kind of get turned around because the whole purpose of following the light of the moon is that the moon doesn't like move. It stays in the same area versus lights get bigger as you get closer. And so the bugs tend to get turned around by the bright lights and everything. So that's why it kind of seems sometimes like they're being attracted to the light. So if they come out during full moons, they're more like werewolves than (laughs) vampires. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, most famously, giant water bugs have these two long legs, which are claw-shaped, and those are what help the bug grab its prey. That's also sort of the most noticeable thing when you look at a picture of a toe biter is the fact that it looks like a little, like, wrench on the end. Now, in terms of what actually are toe biters, what is their taxonomy? They are what we call a hemipteran, a true bug. We talked about these before with the cicadas. And there's about 150 species of giant water bug. They can live in tropical and subtropical areas. And there's some where I live, so they can live in some very cold climates. You can find them pretty much everywhere. Now, hemipterans can sometimes be mistaken for beetles. They have a hard-looking back and a compact shape. But to remind you again, they can be differentiated by a straw-like mouth part that folds into the bottom of their body. So this straw-like mouth part is what Blathers is talking about when he says they suck things up with their nose. <laughs> it's not their <laughs> nose. It's, it's, yeah, mouth part. That's the scientific way of saying it because it's not really a mouth the way we have a mouth. It's a little bit weird. So, Sophia, do you rem- Oh, I, I already spoiled it. I was going to ask you, do you remember what this straw is for? <laughs> I was going to guess, like, mosquito-like blood-sucking type of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I did, uh, you know, I did take an entomology class and I surely forgot everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you don't practice it, then it disappears pretty quick. Yeah. So in terms of the hunting, the giant water bug will lay in wait at the bottom of a pond, like kind of in the mud or kind of by the plants so it can stick its butt up and, you know, continue breathing air. And it'll sit there 
nice and still until something swims by and then it'll strike with its claw-like appendages and stick its straw into the prey, excreting a digestive saliva to liquefy the insides of its prey and suck it all out. So I feel like this moment was stolen by Blathers, <laughs> this explanation. I just think it's the most fascinating, disgusting, cool bug fact ever that they can just have a little fish smoothie <laughs> like they they're on a juice cleanse like that's all they eat yeah i'm imagining like that very satisfying moment when you have like your juice box and you get to stick the straw into it yeah. or even better like bubble tea when you get to stick the, mm. the straw in mm. yeah that exact moment like they're probably eating a lot of bugs so you get they like pierce the exoskeleton that nice Yum. bubble tea cracking <laughs> sound <laughs> yeah <laughs> You have to just do it very swiftly with no hesitation. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a technique to the bubble tea. So um, Blathers talked about this a bit before. Some of the things that the giant water bug eats. Oh my God, I have made a terrible mistake. I haven't even talked about how big they get. <laughs> People oh. are probably like, hmm, how big is it? Well, let me tell you. To our listener, I, I don't know if I should just be honest here. I'm exhausted right now. <laughs> probably tell it's it's getting to the end of the semester so how big are they well they can be just under an inch long or all the way up to four and a half inches so these things are like they're very big they are alarmingly large especially for something that you can find in north america okay so getting back to what i was saying before about what they eat what's on the menu for the giant water bug well we have fish other bugs they can even eat snails crustaceans things like crayfish and stuff or like the little like fairy shrimp you see swimming around in the water and while their digestive enzymes don't digest vertebrates as well as invertebrates they do eat many vertebrates they've been observed eating baby turtles some birds and ducklings even snakes as blathers said and they can also eat things like tadpoles and amphibians so it was found that Woodhouse toad tadpoles actually change their behavior when they sense the chemical signals of giant water bugs in the water. So they'll start to only swim in areas with dark backgrounds because that'll camouflage them better. So there's definitely some avoidance strategies used by prey because these giant water bugs are pretty uh, formidable predators. Some snails will also change their defenses if giant water bugs are in the area. So they were found to have longer shells with more space to hide in if a water bug caught them. That way they could shrink into their shell and avoid that like danger straw thing poking in. That's so interesting. I mean, when I saw them in Animal Crossing, like I had no idea that they were doing these kinds of things. I mean, baby turtles, really? (laughs) Baby turtles, yeah. (laughs) I guess... I mean, you mentioned that they can be found in North America. Is this something we should be worried about? Like, can they hurt humans? Um, yeah, like, they're called toe biters for a reason. It's not their first choice to bite something bigger than them. But if you happen to, like, step near them and it freaks them out, they would probably bite you. And it hurts quite a bit because your insides where the digestive saliva, like, touches is getting liquefied. (laughs) Um, So as unpleasant as that sounds, and yes, it is painful, it's not going to do like permanent damage. Like you'll be okay. It just hurts a lot. So no need to, to fear too much. 
But I mean, it is important to mention that sometimes they're very helpful. It's thought that they eat a lot of pests like snails and mosquitoes, and particularly in tropical areas, those can be pretty medically relevant. Like, it, it's nice to have a few less mosquitoes, a few less snails, because they can carry dangerous human diseases. But yeah, be careful because sometimes these bugs uh, will also play dead. So if you see one like on the side of the road, maybe like avoid picking it up. They'll even like secrete a weird fluid from their anus to smell dead. So don't pick them up unless you're positive they're dead or you might be in for a very unpleasant surprise. These are like fast becoming my least favorite insects I've ever heard of, <laughs> I have to say. No, I swear there's like some really sweet parts about them. We can, we can talk about the aspects of the giant water bug that are endearing. I'm just thinking about like, how they can literally liquefy your insides (laughs) and I'm thinking of like pitching a Criminal Minds episode where like someone you know gets kidnapped and then put in a box with like a million giant water bugs that can like liquefy their entire body. Yeah there's a lot of bugs that are that can do this I mean hemipterans that group of insects that's how they eat and so things like assassin bugs they're also (laughs) really painful uh, because they do the same thing and theirs is particularly an uncomfortable feeling so there's a lot of books that do this that doesn't make you feel any better I'm sure but (laughs) I'm just trying to defend the giant water bug and be like look this is a very normal way of life there's (laughs) tons of bugs that do this well I'm gonna stay inside but that's fine is there anything you could share that might help redeem the giant water bug yes yes ethically (laughs) They are very devoted parents, or at least the dads are very devoted parents. So they have a really unique mating process. Usually in nature, there's competition between males to mate with females. But with giant water bugs, the females aren't the ones carrying the babies. The males are responsible for all the child care. So if we're thinking about like unique animal dads, like they belong with like seahorses and I'm forgetting every other unique Penguins. Penguins, yeah. They're like in that category of like cute dads. So depending on the species, giant water bugs will either have their eggs floating in kind of bundles in the water or the eggs will actually be glued onto their back. So you see a lot of pictures of them looking like they've got these weird like bumps on their back and those are the eggs. So in the case of the floating bundles, males are responsible for cleaning and protecting the eggs. They're really vulnerable to ants, which will sometimes come and damage the eggs. So males actually produce a smelly substance that smells like grass and seems to repel the ants. So they'll protect their eggs that way. So during mating, the females are competing with each other for the free real estate of the male's backs. And they also tend to be larger than the males. So there's a lot of competition there. To attract mates, some species of giant water bug will try and show off by repeatedly sticking their butts out of the water, which seems to be kind of a theme with this group of bugs. And it's kind of like a dude showing off how much he can bench, except it's like a bug trying to show a lady how well he's going to be able to lift eggs out of the water. Because if the eggs aren't cared for well enough, they can get algae growing on them. So sticking them out of the water once in a while is a really good way to prevent that. So they're like look at me, these eggs will be super algae free. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of their mating process there. Now, once a male has found a mate, the males really want to make sure that they're not carrying some other dude's babies. So they mate multiple times as the female is laying eggs. And this is to make sure that no males are sneaking in there while he's distracted and mating with the female instead. 
Now, I read this and I was like, okay, well, how do they not notice that? Like, these are big bugs. They're not just hiding in there. But when nymphs were actually DNA tested, 2 to 28% of the nymphs were fertilized from a different male than the ones that had carried the eggs. And this varies between species as well. So some species, I guess, are worse at avoiding that problem than others. So carrying the eggs is also really hard work. So they're heavy and they make it harder for males to hunt. So sometimes the males will just like be like, I'm done. I'm over it. And they just like get rid of the eggs. They just like tear them off. It looks like they only really do this if it seems more worthwhile to get rid of them than to carry them. Like they aren't carrying that many eggs in the first place. So they're like, "Mm, I'd rather just survive to another season than carry this like small number of babies on my back. So get out of here. So it's an interesting strategy. So they're good fathers, but at the same time, (laughs) sometimes they'll just like abandon all their children if it's not working out for them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And to, okay, I feel like now we're getting back into like non-redeemable qualities in (laughs) giant water bug. Uh, Some females will also like find a male and then eat all the eggs on the male so that she can lay her own eggs. So uh, sometimes that happens too. So, yeah, the males have to also be on alert for dangerous females who would like to kill all of the babies. It's a lot of drama. It is a lot of drama. I want, like, a... Did you ever watch Meerkat Manor on Animal Planet? Yes. Okay, it was, Mm -hmm. like... For anyone who doesn't know what that is, it was, like, a, a soap opera with animals, and it was meerkats, and there was a lot of drama and a lot of... Man, I was really hooked on that show for a while. Yeah, it was, like, reality TV, but, like... Oh, yeah. I bet if I watched it now, it would be, like, hyper-personified, and I couldn't deal with it. It's really personified, yeah. I I was definitely thinking about, like, trying to pitch a story about it, because I feel like it's such a weird, like, locked memory of mine, (laughs) but I do remember watching it, and, oh, it's such a weird idea. Yeah, I think about it now, I'm like, what the heck was I watching? (laughs) It was really (laughs) weird. Anyway. (laughs) So it sounds like there's just, like a lot that goes into carrying these eggs and everything. Are we worried about the giant water bug, like, conservation-wise? Yeah, so some species are definitely struggling. I was reading a paper that kind of focused a bit on Japan, and they've listed some species of giant water bug on their red list, so that's a list of creatures of conservation concern. Now, many water bugs used to live in rice paddies, but they've since seen a decline as pesticide use increases, and they sort of change the infrastructure of the rice paddies, like using more cement on edges and stuff like that. So in natural water bodies, they can also be killed by water pollution, but also by invasive species like bullfrogs. So those are definitely a problem for them. Uh, I did find an example of a project in the Tongzhou township of Taiwan, where there has been some work to conserve these species. And they do this by working with farms to change rice farming techniques to be more friendly to insects and the other biodiversity that are found in these agricultural systems. So there's certainly solutions to the conservation problems these critters face, but it is, yeah, I mean, it's the usual we see (laughs) pesticides, herbicides, and uh, invasive species, of course. But I do... Before we end our tale on the giant water bug, I do want to talk about human relationship with them. And they are a 
delicacy in Southeast Asia. And so you can definitely eat these over there. They can be ground up and put into chili sauces. Some people use the male pheromone as a flavoring essence, and apparently it's got a very strong taste. Uh, so like one mm. drop will completely flavor the dish you're eating. And they can also be eaten lightly boiled, kind of like crab or deep fried and salted. And I'm not gonna lie, it actually sounds really good because they. I feel like often when I see insect meals, the idea of like the crunchiness really bothers me, but because these are such big bugs, I feel like they're more like crabs, like there's probably more meat in there. So I found a site that explains how to eat them. So I'm going to read that to you. So this is from eatingthaifood.com. So step one, to eat a giant water bug, you take the bug out of the bag. So I, I take it <laughs> that it comes in a bag. <laughs> uh, and you take the wings off because you don't want to eat those. And I'll read this part verbatim. To do this, simply pull and bend until the bod body neatly comes off the head. You may notice some juice that oozes out as you squeeze and pull. Also, there may be a few sticky strings of saliva-like juice that are extracted during this procedure. So don't let that bother you. Totally normal. And then eat the inside. Step four. Uh, and apparently it tastes like watery scrambled eggs and also a bit like licorice. And the head apparently tastes more like crab with stronger licorice flavor. And some also describe that taste as bubblegum or citrus. So I don't know how to imagine that flavor at all. I, I cannot <laughs> conceptualize this, I, but I mean, those all sound intriguing. like good things. Like bubblegum, yeah. citrus, licorice. I like black licorice. I don't know about other people, but... I'm a fan. Also, like, this is just the vengefulness inside of me, like, the the blathers coming out, <laughs> if you will. But, like, it's like, you want to bite my toes? I will, like, pull your, your wings face. off and eat your body. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I am a little concerned about the presence of toe biters in my pond. Although, like, who's walking around with bare feet in a pond? I'm just trying to fact check this, but I think that giant water bugs was one of the things that Harry Styles had to eat in the, like, spill your guts <laughs> Harry Styles and Kendall Jenner thing. What? I'm just, like, checking, I don't know what this is. It's, like, it's basically, like, a, sh a show on, or, like, a game on the Late Late Show oh. where it's, like, either you get you get asked a question and you either have to, like, answer the question or eat something really disgusting and there's like this one there's cod sperm um there's a salmon smoothie which honestly like i'd be fine with eating a salmon smoothie um, there's just something about see. like liquefied anything like i remember in high school once we did an experiment where like my bio teacher shout out to mr dyer like blended up a burger and i don't remember what the purpose of the experiment was <laughs> but then he was like, who wants to drink it? And it was like just a regular McDonald's burger. And it just seemed like the most repulsive thing I could possibly eat. Like I would rather eat a deep fried giant water bug than drink a blended McDonald's Big Mac. That just sounds oh. like... It is. Olivia, it is a giant water bug. Oh, it was? Oh, we're sharing this video. Oh, okay, well, I, I don't know much about Kendall Jenner, Harry Styles, so I probably didn't <laughs> watch this. Let me search um, it up. Oh, yeah, it's... Oh, Spill Your Guts. Okay. Should I play it? Should we live <laughs> react to Spill Your Guts? Because <laughs> I'm trying to find the part where... Because she makes him eat it. 
Oh my god. I think here I can see eating. it here. Yeah. Is it is it the one in the like pudding cup? No, that's the bug trifle. Oh, um, so they're all eating. But there's a giant water bug. It's like on a little piece of lettuce. <laughs> a delicacy. It says like they're they're actually it. not that cheap because they are Oh, I see. Giant water scorpion. Yeah, they're also called water oh, scorpions. Is that... I should have said that. Oh, okay. Well, I want to see him eat it. I do I do want to make a point that I, I talk about the eating bugs thing not to, like, repulse people. I, I do think it is, like, a really... I think we should get more used to it and... It's such a cool and good and environmentally friendly source of protein. And I I wrote a paper about it last year. So I got like really obsessed with it briefly. And I like was really interested in how entomophagy, which is the fancy way of saying eating bugs. It was like one of those colonial things where Westerners were like, no, 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 only like primitive people eat insects. And so they tried to like make it this disgusting thing and that's why you know back in the day it was like lower class to eat lobster or crab or things like that and it sort of like changed weirdly over the century but so i i'm yeah. i'm very pro entomophagy i i don't really like it too much when it's like seen as like a fear factor thing but also exactly. it is kind of fascinating to watch so i get the appeal like it just seems so foreign I wish I could ask Harry how it tasted because, yeah, he eats it right at the end. I'm literally watching it right now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely post this video, but amazing connection. You can always count on me to make those Harry Styles connections. Uh, Harry's also got like some really gorgeous pink nail polish as he eats this. So it's kind of a, a contrasting look. You know, I'm looking at this bug on the lettuce and it's, it doesn't look bad. Like it's not like a spiky bug. Like it's very smooth. It kind of looks like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to, like a chicken wing. Oh, we ate that totally wrong, though. That must have been one of the softly boiled giant water bugs because it wasn't deep fried mm. and it had no sauce on it. Yeah, like probably wasn't the best wow. way to eat he, it. like eat it head first and he spits it out. Harry, come on, commit. That's very uncultured of you, Harry. Well, there we go. Now you've had a live <laughs> commentary. <laughs> That's amazing. This is wow. the exam season episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you so much olivia and thanks everyone for listening please remember to rate and review us and don't forget to subscribe it honestly makes such a huge difference to us it would be the best christmas present you could ever give us but yeah tune in next week to learn more about the insects fish and fossils you can find in animal crossing new horizons bye bye